Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It's August 2nd, 2023. Can you believe it's already August? Like every other newscaster says in every single show that they do in August. We're getting in the weeds. I'm Matt Pearl. I'm back, baby. And so is... That sucks. <laughs> so is Jeremy Lambert. Jeremy, uh, listen, I took, I took some time off. I, I reflected. I thought about a lot of things. And I realized something. When I come back to shows, big things happen. This morning, for example, the Elite resigned with AEW. And we're going to talk about that. But first of all, how are you doing? Is that the news of the morning? The Elite resigning with AEW? I hear WWE did record profits once again. Um, I'm already, but I'm already getting yelled at on this show. Joel what? By already. Who? We're a minute. The anonymous GM what has messaged me and said, that wasn't a very good welcome for Joel. This is what one of the kids has said. Wow. One of the kids has said that wasn't a very good welcome for Joel. I don't care. I don't like Joel. I don't want to welcome Joel to this show. Monday was great without Joel. So I'm not going to give him a good welcome because I don't want him here. Moving on. Quit yelling at me. Getting yelled at, Joel. I don't like it. Are you frozen or are you just like doing a good impersonation of a frozen person? I'm trying to pour a drink. What, what are you drinking? What, are you, what, what am I? Jeremy, what, <laughs> am I what kind of a question is that? I don't know. It's early. There's a lot going on. You might need, <laughs> right, a, it's early. Might need something stronger than true, your but, diet Pepsi. But you know what? Today I'm doing it for y'all. We're drinking it in a nitro mug. We're drinking a nitro a, mug. Nice. A nitro grill nice. mug. Nice. Yes. <laughs> That's a cool looking mug. Now I feel like you're actually frozen. Nope, I'm still here. <laughs> At least I hope I'm still here. If I'm not, then I'm screwed. There we go. Are we here? Are we good? Yes. Right. We're here. We're good. All right. <laughs> we're here. We're good. So go ahead and drop a thumbs up on the video while you're here. Subscribe to us here at Fightful Overbooked, youtube.com slash Fightful Overbooked. Uh, we're marching on to some goals of our own that include uh, a lot of numbers watching a show. Okay. Uh, 10 30 AM Eastern Jordan Oliver is going to join us. Looking forward to this conversation. Uh, Jeremy, just tee it up because Jordan is all over the place. JCW world champion, GCW tag champion. Go on, go on. Tell us. He's going to be uh, new Japan. Part of the all-star junior festival is going to be part of wrestling revolver tomorrow. Uh, that's a, that's a big show. Unfortunately, Moxley had to pull out of that show, getting replaced uh, by Takeshka. Yeah. Moxley is supposed to face gringo loco. And they announced yesterday that he's off the show. Uh, so that's, that's unfortunate, but Takeshka is now on the show, but yeah, Jordan Oliver, he, he is everywhere. He is a guy that if you've listened to any indie interview we've done on this show, any, any, indie interview we've done on on spotlight there is a lot of praise for jordan oliver uh 
so, so many people have, have talked about how Jordan Oliver has, has helped them throughout the, the past couple of years. He's become like just one of the, not only the top named as far as people like fandom and everything, but I think one of the most respected people as far as like his peers go. And he's, he's in the tag team with uh, Nick Wayne, East West Express. Um, you know, they're the, they're the GCW tag team champions and everything. So, you know, a lot of it. Re- Everybody praises, loves Nick Wayne, who signed to AEW and is still doing independent dates. So and Jordan Oliver is a busy man. He's a respected man, and I'm excited to talk to him. I talked to him earlier this year ahead of the JCW uh, J-Cup, and that was a lot of fun. So he's, he's really cool. He's really good. Looking forward to Jordan Oliver. Yeah, it's going to be a great conversation. Looking forward to that. Uh, last time I saw Jordan Oliver in person was... <laughs> it was emo fight in 2021, the night after... Uh, the first Grand Slam from AEW. And uh, we had a nice little chat then. He's, he's a good dude. Really, really appreciated his insight into wrestling and what he was doing. So looking forward to that. 10.30 a.m. Eastern. So that's going to be in about uh, 20 minutes if you're watching us live here on YouTube.com slash Fightful. Uh, Monday, y'all got a lot out of the way. I appreciate it. Once again, thanks to SP3 for filling in. Uh, I was able to join for the last few minutes for the big announcement, which again, as Jeremy said on Monday, uh, next Monday... We are going to be live on the main Fightful channel. That's going to be a once a month happening on the first Monday of the month. You'll find us going in the weeds on youtube.com slash Fightful. Very much looking forward to that. Get some more eyeballs and some more people hanging out with us in the chat. So I see you all there. How are you doing? Good to see you. Uh, Ryan Sullivan's always burying us for, for selling out over, over this. We, we bought in. We're, we we're, trying to, we're trying to get more uh just more more eyes on this channel more eyes on the show you gotta you gotta sometimes make cassette concessions ryan sullivan you gotta do what you gotta do for the brand isn't that what the the mcafee says yeah exactly and then the brand gets moved over to espn on a multi-million dollar deal and who's happy then Pat McAfee's happy, and the rest of his crew, I hope, get paid as well. Uh, speaking of getting paid, you can donate a super chat here at youtube.com slash Fightful Overbooked. Any amount, get your question or statement read on the air. Uh, we got some time until Jordan Oliver. Let's start with, we got to start with something light. Where do you want to start, Jeremy Lambert? Because we're not going to talk about SummerSlam until Friday when we preview and run down the full, hopefully, official card by then. Uh, where do you want to start today? Because the big two conversations that I have are pretty much longer form conversations to have uh i will answer this question from from why solo blade our pal who's always here we appreciate it uh, i wonder if the elite retained evp status uh in their contracts or they negotiated out it did say in the uh sports illustrated article by justin brasso that it they retained their evp status so they remain executive vice presidents uh that's kenny omega and, and the young bucks not hangman page he's not an evp but omega and the young bucks do retain their EVP status. Yeah, the two conversations, which is the the SummerSlam card and the Elite re-signing are pretty big conversations that we're probably not going to wrap up in 20 minutes before Jordan Oliver joins us. Um, do you want to talk uh, do you want to talk about nxt joel uh that was a show last night you want to talk about raw anything from raw besides the fact that everyone hates women's wrestling or they don't hate women's wrestling but they are confused as to why we we are not giving the women a chance what no stip for cody and brock i feel like that's sort of a big deal good we were expecting it okay let me let me set this up let me set this up We'll have this bigger conversation about the the women after we, we uh, speak to Jordan Oliver. But 
let's stop expecting things that are not official. We cannot expect and then be mad that there's no stipulation for Cody and Brock. It was never announced that there was going to be a stipulation. So do not be mad that there was not a stipulation announced. It was never announced that Trish and Becky were going to be on the SummerSlam card. I don't understand being mad that, that you you put in the, the thumbnail, which I, I take umbrage with, of off SummerSlam. They were never on SummerSlam. Well, I said off the card. I didn't they say They were never off. on the card. They were on the card on Raw and then immediately taken off when the match ended in a disqualification. Jeremy, I'm not telling lies here. I'm just bending the explanations. Was it they were on the card? They were never technically on the card for Raw because they never announced the match ahead of time. They said Trish or Becky got a rematch. Becky got a rematch. That was what they announced. They didn't say when. Becky came out and said, I want it now. Trish is like, I'm not doing it now. Adam Pierce says, You're doing it now. They did the match, technically. Nobody was happy with the ending, rightfully so. And then they announced it for two weeks. How are they off the card? I'm pulling up the Sean report from Monday. Yeah, pull that up. Fightful Select learned Monday night that Trish Stratus versus Becky Lynch was originally planned for SummerSlam. Okay. It was planned, never announced. Never announced. You're right. It wasn't announced. However, if you're a subscriber to Fightful Select, best five bucks in the business, you would have known or would it would have been reported that the plan included Becky versus Trish. This is why the conversation is going to go a little bit longer. And listen, there are certain things that I 100% agree with you with. A lot of people get their hopes up and they get their hopes dashed when things aren't officially announced because they get so excited to this thing that they want happening so badly. And then it doesn't. I've had these conversations with you and with others before. It is about expectation setting. This is one time where I don't think people uh, should be upset especially in the the the, uh, the the becky versus trish story i don't think people should be upset that the match isn't happening because quite frankly i'm much happier knowing that there is a pretty good chance that if they do the match in winnipeg as they announced or at least they, they mis- made official by adam pierce on the show uh in two weeks on the 14th of august if that match is going to happen in winnipeg could potentially be a main event match the last match of the night which in that case to me is a pretty good makeup i had joked just put it in a cage next week on Raw. And I think what they decided to do was a little bit better. You could do it to payback if they end up with another screwy finish and then make it a cage match at payback. Makes perfect sense considering the name of the show, considering the story. You want to put it on a pay-per-view, so on and so forth. I think the initial disappointment was just that people, they they saw it was going to be uh, announced tonight, or uh, not tonight, they saw that it was going to be on Raw again if you saw the Raw plans, which do change, and then they immediately got kind of thrown under the bus with the way that the match or the segment played out. I get it. People I were super, both sides of it. People were super mad after the match match happened and ended in two seconds and it's like, they deserve better, you built it all up for this, and then of course, three seconds later, Adam Pierce does the backstage segment and it's like two weeks you're getting the match. And then they shift their, their anger towards, well, why isn't this on SummerSlam? Right. Sean said on the post raw show that there's more to it. He did not want to go fully into it because he wanted to triple check things because he's good at his job. Um, but he said there's more to it. I don't know anything. I'm not, this is not me reporting what, 
And then he said on Twitter, I think this morning or last night, that what he was told was not actually good enough. It was like, it was a pretty oh. bullshit excuse. Okay. Well, so it's out there. I didn't see that tweet. I, just, um, I came across it this morning and I was like, okay. I don't, I don't know anything. I, I've not been told anything. Maybe it was a really good makeup job. Trisha's nose still looked a little messed up. Maybe she isn't fully cleared from that. And she can't have this elongated match where she potentially gets hit in the face without it worrying about breaking again. And she needs another two weeks to be cleared. I don't know. I don't know what the legitimate reason is. The legitimate reason might be we want to do a shorter card. We have an eight match card. That's all we're going to do. And so this is what we're doing with it. It's not like we're not getting the match. We're getting the match in two weeks. I understand people's disappointment that like, Hey, it's not on SummerSlam. That's that really sucks. Rhea and Raquel is not on SummerSlam. That really sucks as well. At some point, I assume we'll get the match. Maybe Raquel isn't fully cleared from, from this knee injury, which I don't know if that's real or not anyway, but let's say it is real. Maybe she isn't fully cleared from that. I don't know, but I, I don't want to get mad at WWE for something that they didn't announce for a card, but are still delivering on. It's an eight-match card. It's an eight-match card. That's it. Yeah, the Slim Jim Battle Royal, I mean, I I get people being upset at that. Look, they got sponsorships. I don't know what you want me to say. Record, they, record they got sponsorships. revenues. Yeah, record revenues. You've got to make your money back. And yeah, I get it, okay? The Slim Jim, the Slim Jim thing is like twofold. Yeah, it's sponsorships, it's possibility to drive an LA Night story. Don't know if he wins because you're already pushing the the brawling brutes and the Sheamus thing. But uh, yeah, it's a little strange. It's a little strange to to, to have this whole conversation and then be like Slim Jim. Be like, well, maybe maybe Becky versus Trish should have been a Slim Jim match. <laughs> hey, look, maybe honestly, if you if that could have been your your uh tie-in here then then sure but then people are gonna get mad why isn't la Knight on the card people are good people get left off sammy and ko and i know ko's hurt right now maybe they were gonna do a tag team match at at SummerSlam, and now they're obviously not because owens is hurt but like that wasn't announced before owns injury like they're not on the card Escobar and Austin Theory, which theoretically could be on the card because Escobar earned his title shot and stuff. They're just on a SmackDown episode. They're doing a shorter card. They're doing a eight match card, which will probably still end up being long because Roman and Jay are going to be 30 minutes of talking before they actually do 10 minutes of a match. Um, How dare you? Eh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> like they're, they're doing a shorter card. The, I think it people are one, they're just gonna complain to complain. And I'm I like I like the passion from everybody. I do think it's it's good, it's better when everybody has these spots. I I, I appreciate that. Do I think Trish and Becky, the build, the match itself deserves to be on SummerSlam? Absolutely. I absolutely do. I have no argument against it not being on SummerSlam as far as the build and everything. I just want people to potentially realize that there are other factors at play at this. And this is not a case of, is not a case of even bad booking. This is not a case of a a swerve or a a misadvertisement or, or anything like that. They never announced it for SummerSlam. 
just because you built up in your head it should be at SummerSlam does not mean they had to deliver at SummerSlam. You were still getting the match. You were still getting the match on this. So there you go. That's where I'm at on it. Cyclops is better than Logan is now back on Twitch and sending his bits saying (laughs) the wrestling fandom is full of bad faith merchants always looking for a reason to complain on the x you can't win with the fans and to a certain degree yeah you're right we move the goalposts a lot not we but i mean fans because we're fans as well but a lot of fans do move the goalposts and as a result conversations like this sometimes need to happen where we check each other and we make sure that what's going on is not like the end of the world oh my god jeremy you're right we a lot not we again the fans built in our heads that we were expecting four women's matches, right? It was going to be uh, Bria and Raquel potentially for the World Women's Championship. Becky and Trish in their feud that hopefully blows off at SummerSlam. You have uh, the, the actual matches that are happening, the MMA rules match between Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler. And they did an excellent job of building that this past Monday on Raw too. We'll talk about that in a second. And uh, you've got the, the women's three-way for the, uh, for the undisputed women's championship between Asuka, Bianca Belair, and Charlotte. There is... A lot of really good matches happening. I don't think going 50% of what people were hoping is a bad thing. I appreciate the passion, much like you do. But I think at one point, we need to just kind of pump the brakes and realize there are a lot of stories going on in WWE, and not all of them need to be blown off at the same time. Like, I'll take... I'll take this comment from Amazing 5,000 or 50,000. That's the amount of people we need uh, subscribed to the channel, by the way. Uh, and then this isn't, again, I'm not going to, I'm not singling you out to make you feel bad. I just want you to think about it like this. You know, my problem is not that WWE didn't put Becky and Trish on SummerSlam. My problem is that putting it on Raw after a four month build just to put it on the payback pay per view. Well, if it's going to anchor payback, then I think that's a much more important. Thing to think about or a much more important story to have in the back of your mind than just throwing it on SummerSlam hour one and a half after you've watched like everything else that's happened and certain things being more dramatic than others. Just because it's SummerSlam doesn't mean the main blow off has to happen there. Yeah, but you could push it to payback and maybe like Joel said, they will. Maybe they do some non-finish on the Raw match, which I'm sure people will be upset about, but then you put it on on payback um and i think like it's fine if you put that oh on, on payback sorry it i misread it it does say just put it on the payback paper yeah i yeah i, I knew that's I thought, yeah I, I thought they had made a mistake and anyway i lost the translation so you know what amazing fifty thousand. Y'all can get us to 50,000 subscribers, and they are right. Just put it on the payback pay-per-view. That works too. So now we're here's, all setting expectations together. Here's here's my, my points on the complaining and the immediacy of the complaining. Again, I, I watched Raw. I was online, which is a mistake, uh, as it was happening, right? The moment Trish and Becky ended, everyone was complaining immediately of like, that's the match they gave us. They they you did this unadvertised. You did it in two seconds. And you did a finish. Like after all of that, that's what you gave us. People could not wait through a commercial break to see that they were setting up the rematch for for two weeks. People could not wait through a commercial break to see if they maybe would have added it to SummerSlam. Because honestly, when I saw that finish, I was like, oh, they're about to add this to SummerSlam. Like, there's no way I I ain't got much faith in WWE. I ain't got much faith in, in this is why I don't have expectations because I just don't have faith in this. I don't want to get disappointed on this stuff. But when I saw the way that played out, I'm like, 
that ain't the end of that. They did that to set up an actual match between those two. Did I think it was going to be for SummerSlam? Yes. When I heard it was for Raw, was I mad? No, I was like, all right, cool. They're delivering on it. Fine. You want something to be mad about? You're mad about this women's tag team division where the champions win and then lose their first friggin' match. I hate, I understand. I understand that Charlotte's going for a title. Bianca's going for a title. Uh, you don't want to beat either of them. They're great singles competitors. Just don't book this match then. I hate champions losing. Why are your tag team champions losing a tag team match to two singles competitors? Hate it. You want to do a singles match? You want to do separate matches with Bianca against Chelsea and Charlotte against Sonya? Fine. Do those two singles matches and have Charlotte and Bianca win to to gain momentum because they love that. Don't do this tag team match. Don't do this freaking tag team match and have your champions lose to these people who can't coexist. Don't like it. I, I agree. I was thinking, like, who else could they have faced? And I was just like, oh, right. Any of the other women's tag teams that barely exist on the roster. Where are Isla Dawn and Alba Fire? When they reintroduce them, that's when you know they're going to be going for those tag titles next. That's that's. There's no one else I can think of unless they're going to bring in Indy and Candice, which would love that. It's just, it's a very strange situation. I agree. Shouldn't have had them uh, drop that, that tag match. <laughs> it made no sense. <laughs> uh, JGR says, why do fans have to pay for a match they wanted to see in person, but Jeremy, but didn't Jeremy? Uh, I, you mean like not pay as in money, but like pay as in like being punished they, that they wanted to see in person. I, I'm not trying to be mean when I say this. If you bought a ticket to SummerSlam on the expectation and the hope that Trish and Becky were going to be on this card, that's a little bit on you. They never get they never advertised, they never announced this match. If you bought a ticket to SummerSlam and were like, I can't wait to see Trish and Becky live, that is the expectation of the buildup of like this is going to happen. I can't wait for it. And it didn't happen. I, I think that's unfortunate. I'm sorry that that's why you bought your ticket. I hope the show is still good for you. They never announced it for SummerSlam. They never announced it. This isn't even a card subject to change type of thing. This is you're buying a ticket to, to SummerSlam on the hope, the expectation that this is there. And you got to realize by now WWE is going to disappoint you with this stuff. Unless you give them a lot of money and then they'll make you very happy. <laughs> oh my goodness. A couple minutes. Do you want to, you, you, you were a part of, you were not part of, you were listening to the call, the, uh, the earnings yeah. call. Was there, I mean, there were a couple of things that kind of jumped out, weren't there? <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the biggest thing was it really, it, it was like briefly touched on on the earnings call, but of course, Nick Connie saying nothing about it. But the biggest thing was, you know, buried in this 80 page SEC filing um that vince got hit with a subpoena and search warrant and uh no charges have been filed but that's sort of the the biggest thing it was he that happened on july 17th and then he underwent back surgery or spinal surgery like two days later uh you know they're still kind of paying on the board investigation and everything that you know that's the news stuff here um, I think if you are looking for like news that kind of affects you as a fan, because let's be honest, Vince getting hit with all of this stuff as a fan doesn't, 
it's headline grabbing, obviously. It's it's discussion engaging, clearly. But like, okay, Vince got hit with a subpoena and a search warrant. As a fan, this has nothing to do with what I watch on television. Uh, if you you're looking for an update on as far as like you as a fan, how you consume WWE, they are still negotiating their media rights deals. Nick Khan said, probably not doing a one-year deal to kind of line up with the end of Peacock to basically renegotiate all of this stuff at once. He did say they're talking to, you know, digital platforms, OTT platforms, and obviously they're talking to to linear cable platforms as well. Um, And he mentioned that, look, they're looking for a raise. They got big money deals last time and they're looking for bigger money deals this time and they're probably right to do that based on the increase in viewership the increase in ratings and everything it's a good time for these contracts to come up because they can point at all of these numbers and be like look what we're doing here we got this much last time when we weren't doing this kind of business now look what we're doing give us more is some network going to end up acquiescing, end up going with that? Probably. But, uh, you know, it, it takes a while with these negotiations. So I've been told. So they did an investigation at McMar-a-Lago is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> you went that whole, you, you basically went way past the exit and I had to bring us all the way back. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I really, I, but I had to do it because I had to pop us. <laughs> All right. It's almost done 30. Are we ready for this? Yes. Is our guest ready? Give us a thumbs up. There Seems we go. to be. Ladies and gentlemen, the uh how can I how can I even introduce this guy? Jeremy, what do I say? He's he's the JCW champion. He go. is one half of the GCW tag team champions with the East West Express. Young Dumb and Broke. Everything you and want. broke. Thank you. Everything you want in a wrestler. Ladies and gentlemen, it's one and only Jordan Oliver joins us now. How you doing? Hey, yo, what's up? I'm pretty good. Pretty good. How about you guys? Doing well. Well, appreciate you joining us this morning, Jordan. Uh, I talked to you, I think it was March when when we spoke and you were about to go to the gym and you had, you were telling me about your breakfast. So I'm going to immediately ask what you had for breakfast this morning because I know you Uh, eat a big breakfast. Lately, I've just been eating a lot of fruit. I love fruit, so I had some uh, strawberries, some raspberries, uh, some yogurt, some bananas. That's That's a good breakfast. I think last time you had like a bunch of eggs and bacon and (laughs) cut. Have you cut that stuff out? No, I just like fruit. I don't really like meat so much right now. Yo, all right, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, Tomorrow night. Tomorrow night, Wrestling Revolver, big uh, scramble match for the the Remix Championship. What can fans expect uh, in this match? Alex Shelley defending the championship in this scramble match. I think it's interesting to see someone like Alex Shelley in a, a scramble match. I think that's what's interesting about this match. What This is not just like a bunch of like high flyers or anything. It's a, a few technicians. It's a different kind of scramble than you normally see. So I think this one's going to be very interesting. I think I'm going to win, probably, because, you know. I beat Alex Shelley already like a few times. I took his other belts. So I should take this one too, I think. 
one belt you're currently holding is that JCW title, and you've been uh, defending it quite well for uh, for almost a, a year now. We're going to get there, I guess. In I guess it's February, so so we're ten months in. Uh, yeah, wow, some, ten months. <laughs> yeah, I see. I see February here, so uh, maybe that's not. Is that ten months? I don't know, man. It's five months. I don't Do know. you not know your time at all, Joel Pearl? My God, I don't know what day it is, dude. I got a kid. How long, know. Jeremy? You know, you know how long? Oh, I'm terrible with math, but I admit it. I don't try to fake other <laughs> We'll figure it out. Eventually, it'll be 10 months. Either way, standout matches. Commander, Cole Radrick, Shihiro Irie, uh, Alex Coughlin, who's been on the show. Tell me, who's been, you know, of the toughest defenses you've had, and who are you looking forward to putting that title up against next? Oh, man. My uh, my first defense against Mance Warner was brutal. That was one of the harder ones, for sure. He bloodied me up, busted my face up in L.A., and I didn't even know I was going to be having that title defense. Uh, the Shigehiro the one was very tough. Shigehiro is a beast. That match is definitely worth watching. Um, man, who am I looking forward to defending against? I want another one with Mike Bailey. I think Mike Bailey deserves another shot. I beat him in the finals. Uh, I'll be defending against my partner, Griffin McCoy, at JCW in a few weeks. That's uh, interesting. There's no shot he'll win it, though. <laughs> um, uh, man, there's so many people on the independence right now that would be really awesome defenses. I would like to defend against Ace Austin. Uh, yeah, you're facing him. He's part of the scramble match tomorrow night. Yeah, yeah, he is. I love wrestling Ace Austin, but I'd love to. I haven't wrestled him in maybe three years since he be, since he joined the Bullet Club. I haven't wrestled him, so I'm sure he's way different now. Uh, I want to defend against John Gresham. I want to defend yeah. internationally. More internationally, because I defended in Canada, France, uh, England, and America. So GCW's got Kirk and Hall coming up. Maybe we'll get a Kirk and Hall JCW defense. Uh, Australia, who knows? I really want to go international more with the belt. Germany. So. Can we circle back? What happened that the Mance Warner match you said wasn't planned? Well, I didn't know that I was going to wrestle him yet that day. I didn't know I was going to be defending the belt or anything. Was it just like, was it just randomly there? Like, okay, Jordan, you're, you're on the card. This is happening now. Or like, was there a something like, else planned? like what's, what, what happened? I was already booked. Yeah. But I just, I, the match just wasn't uh, announced or anything until like the day of. Gotcha. So, and then Mance Warner just like beat my ass for like, 15 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> uh, last time we spoke, you, you mentioned John Gresham and wanting yeah. to, to face him again. Cause, uh, it, you, your words here, you thought he would expose you the first time you were in the ring yeah. with him, and then you held your own, and now you want to test yourself with him again. Gresham, he's doing uh, more I don't want to test myself with him. I think I'd expose him this time. Oh, there we go. I like that. Yeah, I There's think Jordan headline. Oliver would expose Jonathan Gresham now. Can I, can I write that as the headline? Is that good? Sure can. Sure All can. Right. I'm chasing him. I want him. One more <laughs> match. There we go. I can, we can do that one. Um, so, but... On kind of on the subject of Gresham, one of the most respected wrestlers out there by by his friends, by his peers, by fans. We we've talked to a lot of independent wrestlers over the past year on this show and a separate show that I do. Your name comes up in just about every single conversation. Oh, really? Of yes, oh yeah, yeah. Your name comes up in all these conversations of like Jordan Oliver has been a big help 
to me. Like he, he points out different things. Like first they want to all wrestle you. And, and second, like there's just a lot of praise for you of you helping backstage, giving pointers and things like that. Like, I don't know if you realize how respected you are among your, your peers and the locker room, because yeah, again, a lot of people have, have praised you for just your, your overall help. Like, what does that mean to you to, I guess, maybe hearing this for the first time? Yeah. Um, it's awesome. I mean, the guys that, that I look up to that have mentored me in the business, Jimmy Rave, Mike Bailey, Alex Shelley, Joey Janela, these guys have always showed, uh, Rich Swan, these guys have always showed me to help out, to help people, to try to make the business better. It's not just about like raising me up because maybe in 10 years, I won't be wrestling anymore. Maybe in one year, I won't be wrestling anymore, but there will be 10, 20, 30 other wrestlers waiting to wrestle and take these opportunities. And if they're not ready, then what are we going to do? So I always want to help everybody. I just, I love wrestling. I love my friends. I love the peers. And I think a lot of uh, what's missing in wrestling is honesty. So I always try to keep it honest with everybody. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% lean ground sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You've had a lot of time uh, wrestling, not only independence, but also you've done a little bit of TV wrestling uh, once upon a time, MLW and, and other TV style appearances, you know, wrestling open. Uh, talk to us about, you know, we, we ask a lot of people about the differences and which one you might prefer more than another. Okay. So I think it's, I think it's obvious what, which one I prefer, uh, just independent wrestling, but I, the difference mainly for me comes, comes creatively. I think on a TV product, you maybe have eight to 10 minutes, maybe less than this. And it's not so, you know, creative fulfilling on the independent wrestling. Yeah. We have time sometimes keep us, you know, 10, 15, whatever, but that's the normal time is maybe 10 to 15, 10 to 12, not five to eight. Uh, and if you know, <laughs> I like to wrestle for a long time. So that's the main difference. Um, of course, there's things like cameras and stuff, paying attention to these used to be an uh, issue on the indies because we didn't have so many cameras, but now with the production teams that we have on independent wrestling, especially Game Changer Wrestling, being able to have live replays and in screen and screen stuff like this the cameras are just as important as they are on tv really with live stream so i don't think there's so much difference when it comes to the uh the camera work and stuff just more about the physical time the things that you have to do very strict mainly so uh on august 19th new japan and a bunch of other companies all-star junior festival teaming with Nick Wayne against El Desperado and Mao. How did this uh, come about? I know uh, New Japan, again, last time, last time we spoke, you, you mentioned wanting to maybe work New Japan with Nick Wayne. So how did, how did this match come about? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, me and, me and Nick Wayne have, uh, in my opinion, we're, we're an insane tag team. The East-West Express is insane. We've only been tagging for like one year and we work like a well-oiled machine. I know everything about him. He knows everything about me. We move like the same, same like this. He's my left hand. I'm his right hand. We move just like this. 
so I think just like just grinding, me and Nick Wayne have been grinding. One of our first tag tours was in Japan. That was maybe three months into our tag run, and we did only tag matches in Japan. So I'd like to think that that helped some. El Desperado was a lot of lot. I was at a lot of the GCW shows in Japan as well. So I'm hoping he saw us there. We talked to him a little bit, and this made the move here. But I'm just fired up. This is my dream in professional wrestling. My number one goal is to debut in New Japan, to wrestle for New Japan. I'm hoping that this match leads to more matches and to the IWGP Junior Tag Team titles. Oh, we we got to get you in. I mean, AEW. Nick Wayne signed to AEW. They got the relationship with New Japan. Getting uh the Junior Tag Tournament. Get you get you in Best of Super Juniors at yeah. some point, Jordan. Like this is what we yeah. need. This is what we want. This is what we're working for every day. Going to the gym, doing our push ups, eating our <laughs> breakfast. We want this. New Japan is the goal. I, I'm seeing here you've got a match against Masha Slamovich coming up. I cover uh, I cover Impact on on the Fightful website, and uh, I get to see Masha compete in various places, including GCW as well. Uh, talk to me. Uh, facing Masha is uh, is a test. Is something you're looking forward to? That's going to be Fight Life uh, on Fight Plus. Actually, it's going to be August 23rd. Hell yeah! I'm I am pretty excited to wrestle Masha. I've only wrestled her in a singles match one other time a year or two ago in GCW, but it's interesting because we're actually basically like brother and sister in wrestling we started out together alex shelley was both under his wing so we we hang around each other a lot i know her very well she knows me very well this is a match that i'm i'm fired up i don't want to show alex shelley what me and masha can do in there now i want him to be sitting out there like a proud big brother watching us go in there and do whatever we got to do i know she's tough but can we i I know i want to hold on i want to i want to circle back to the alex alex shelley thing because it, there, it feels like everybody is like one degree from Alex Shelley, not even six, just everyone is one degree from Alex Shelley <laughs> and always has like the nicest things to say about him. What, I mean, I know it's, it's going to be a, what can you say? But like, give me some stuff. What has he, what has he done for you in your career beyond the training? And just what is, what has he taught you? Okay. So something that Alex Shelley has done for me uh, specifically, he, whenever we're on the, road with GCW we're in a, a town that he would maybe Detroit or Chicago something like this he will make sure that me and Nick Wayne drive the loop with him stay with him the whole time so we can talk with him in the car and communicate with him uh, on top of that I've wrestled him maybe 10 times at this point and how you're saying talent says like oh like Jordan will always point out these things like Alex Shelley is I mean the guys he's worked with the guys that he, the places that he's been the things that he's done he just knows everything about what I want to be and the kind of man that I want to be in the business. And he always helps me, guides me in the right direction. I was going to, I was going to ask about Alex Shelley as well. And to, to kind of follow up on that, like Alex Shelley is a guy who a lot of independent wrestlers, a lot of wrestlers in general have given their, their flowers to more recently. And impact is now giving him more flowers yeah, as the impact world champion. Like when you saw Alex win that title, you know, as someone who is out here grinding on the, the impact or on the independent scene and everything, like what did it mean to, to watch one of your, your mentors, like finally reach that goal of winning the impact world title. It's awesome. It's really awesome. Me and Nick Wayne watched this match in Paris. <laughs> um, it was so incredible to see him win this belt, win this championship. And again, it's like you said, something that I probably didn't expect to ever happen. I never thought that Alex Shelley would be wrestling for world titles because 
to, he just wouldn't chase world titles. That's just not what he's in the business for. But now he's getting what he deserves. Someone's been so influential to the business. There's a million people in wrestling that want to be Alex Shelley. They've been inspired by Alex Shelley. They want to wrestle like Alex Shelley. They want to wrestle like Chris Saban and to see these guys finally, you know, make the mountaintop. Something that I know he's been wanting for a really long time and feels very prideful about. It's so incredible. Honestly, someone like this deserves everything. Everything is should be given to Alex Shelley. He deserves <laughs> everything. Are you are you part of the uh, GCW in Detroit shows this weekend? I know. Yes, last, last I never time. miss a Detroit show. Never miss a Detroit. Have they announced your match? I'm not seeing it on no. their, their thing. And I know that you said that uh, I saw on Twitter, like, announce my match. And I've not seen yeah. them announce, announce my Can you announce match, it. Brett. I wish I could. The thing is, I'm fighting for a JCW title defense right now in Detroit because I love Detroit. It's my favorite city to wrestle in. Harpo's is my favorite venue to wrestle in. I've been on, I'm the only GCW wrestler that's been on all, what, nine or 10 Detroit GCW shows. So I don't know what the match is going to be, but I'm really fighting to defend the JCW belt right now. That's my intention. Can I message Brett and be like, hey, <laughs> what match is Jordan Oliver having in Detroit? This event Friday night. Like you, you need to know who you're wrestling here. Oh, I know, huh? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> what What is it about Detroit that you like wrestling so so much? Oh then? my god, I just fucking love the the people are always so awesome. And when we first started wrestling there, we weren't wrestling in Harpo's. We were doing like VFW with Horror Slam and stuff like this. And the people there are just wild. They're what. Not that the Philly crowd isn't crazy still, but to me, like when you hear older wrestlers say, like the Philly crowd is crazy, they're wild. Like this is what Detroit and Harpo's brings nowadays. They bring this energy, they bring intensity. They want they want to see good wrestling, and they love it there. I'm I'm blowing my own mind. I said to Jeremy last time I saw Jordan Oliver was at Emo Fight in 2021. Holy shit! And, uh, I remember. <laughs> I know, right? And this was. Like you and I had a, had a nice little chat there uh, after the show, but then I just realized I also saw you at the GCW show in Toronto. Oh yeah, <laughs> I completely just blanked. Uh, That's talk, was sick. It was a sick show. Talk to me. I mean, GCW in Toronto ended up being a great, uh, not only tag team with IWS, but just the the show itself was a lot of fun because that venue, the Opera House, isn't very wow. much used for wrestling. So talk to me about the experience at the Opera House and G- GCW. I'll tell you what. I walked into that opera house late and I went to walk down some stairs and I busted my ass down about 13 stairs during the backstage meeting. It was very embarrassing. <laughs> I mean, it does uh, not have much of a green room. I get it. It's a small little dingy concert venue for mid-level bands and it doesn't help anyway. <laughs> the venue is beautiful. I loved it there. I wrestled there uh, one more time a few weeks ago for IWS. Um, yeah, that venue is beautiful. And and the GCW versus IWS show packed it out. So to see like Nick Gage perform in this venue was so awesome. I, I want to ask about one called Manders. He, we interviewed him on, on a separate show last week. And I brought up the three stages of hell match that you guys have kind of agreed to on, on Twitter. Yeah, um, yeah. So for you, what would those three stages be? And then I'll tell you what Manders said. Um, if we're playing strategically here, <laughs> I would like to do like a, a submission match, uh, 
uh, no lariats match. <laughs> um, first person to hit Cloud Cutter wins match. <laughs> Submission, no lariats, and first person to hit Springboard Cutter wins. I respect that. I totally respect that you're just playing to all of your strengths there. Because uh, Manders did not. Manders went, I, I think he went a uh, singles match, and then right. he he went, um, I think it was a submission match, and then oh, nice. it was a, a bull rope match. So This would be he, fair. This can be the fair version, but if, yeah. I'm, if I'm booking it, he's fucked. <laughs> yeah, he he went fair in this, and I respect that you're like, nope, I'm going for the win. More wrestlers should do this when picking stipulations. Honestly, yeah, I mean, if you can, we should. I think right. cloud, first to hit cloud cutter is the icing on the cake. <laughs> I never understood what's like. Oh yeah, you can pick a rule. I pick no DQ. No, pick something like I only got to pin you for one second. You I pick super you. rules. Yeah. <laughs> What are we doing here? Wrestlers got to use this stuff to their advantage. Somehow Manders would still beat me in the first person to call cutter match. <laughs> Manders was, was, was fantastic. Another, again, another guy who just said nice things about you and just oh, good guy, you giving good him guy. feedback and everything. Cole Radrick is another one who has said kind things. So it's well-respected among the locker room, Jordan. Now, now that you know these things. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> The, the thing is, I don't do any of this for that. Like, I don't care. Like, I just want to, I just want indie wrestling to be better. I just want everyone to hold themselves to a higher standard. I don't think that uh, the younger wrestlers should be so eager to leave. You know, like, I think we should be building this up. We should be trying to make this special again. Eventually, you have to leave. You can't stand the independence forever. This is obvious. But uh, I don't think you should be leaving the indies with two years of experience in professional wrestling. So I, I think back in the day, a lot of the guys, the greats, they stayed on the indies for 10 years, for seven years, for eight years. Maybe not, maybe because they had to, maybe because they wanted to. I don't, I don't know. But uh, I think that, you know, if we are going to have people getting picked up so fast, five years, two years, we need people that are going to be giving them the right advice. And not that I'm the, the guy to be given the right advice, just we need people to be honest and stuff like this. So. Dominic Garini, uh, we, we spoke to him th- this week. He echoed a, a similar sentiment about everybody just kind of getting signed immediately. And then it, it, he was saying like Darby Allen is like just a, a different breed when it comes to that. He got it very quickly. People think Orange Cassidy is a part of that. And they're like, they forget Orange Cassidy had been on the independence for like nearly a it's decade grinding. before. Yeah. Before he like really, you know, he's one of the biggest stars in, in the world right now. But yeah, he echoed a similar sentiment about just guys leaving the independent scene early. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not bad. Obviously everyone should get that, get their money and get the most experience because now you think about it, they go to the performance center, they go to AW, whatever they're going to get way better experience in a year than they would of five more years on the Indies. And they're going to make way more money. So it makes sense to me uh, why you would do this. But I also think personally, it's such a, it's, it's such a nice feeling to come out in, I don't know, any state, (laughs) any, any state. And they know who I am because I've been busting my ass on the independence. They hear the young, dumb, young, dumb, young, dumb and broke. I'm behind the curtain and I'm hearing people. Maybe it's not everybody. Maybe it's not all of the crowd. Maybe it's 30 people. Maybe it's 20 people, but 20 people in fucking random ass Indiana or random ass Wyoming that know who I am is insane. This is what I'm working for. This is, I want to be the biggest star I can be on my own. And I think more 
independent wrestlers should focus on this. I look at guys like the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. They're the top of the industry, and they, they followed this method. Uh, I want to ask. Oh, I was, I was going to say, someone else who kind of went away, came back, and is seeing a lot of success right now is uh, Blake Christian, and you are no stranger to him. You had a JCW title defense against Blake Christian. You've matched up a bunch of times in GCW. Talk to me about uh, not just the the return of Blake Christian and, and, holding that, and him holding that GCW world title, but also facing him way back when till now, the differences. Yeah. That's sick. Blake Christian is sick. Look, he's the GCW world champion right now. That's insane. I I was watching Blake Christian before he made his debut on GCW and he was just wrestling in small buildings in Tennessee or whatever. And to see him go from his his literally his GCW debut against Kyle the Beast, he blew up. And then he wrestled me and then he wrestled Alex Zane and then he blew up again. And then he <laughs> signed the WWE and he blew up again. I don't think there's any ceilings for someone like Blake Christians so athletically inclined. And he's somebody like how you're saying that he just got it. He just was on the screen. First time people saw him, they're like, Oh yeah, this is the guy. This is one of the guys. I just can't get over how athletic this guy is. You see in Japan, he did this insane 450 jumps to the rope. He stays there. Uh, I can't get over his athleticism. Speaking of a kind of athleticism, there was a, a clip that went viral not too long ago. Uh, a rope bounce orange cross between oh, let's go. you and, and Jack Cartwheel. How do you pitch something like this? And Jack isn't somebody who will, no, no stranger to doing crazy stuff and, and viral moments and stuff. But how do you pitch something like this and then have the confidence of like, yeah, we can, we can pull this off. We can make this. Because I imagine this is something you're not, you don't practice. Oh, maybe for normal people, but Jack Cartwheel is kind of an animal. He is. He <laughs> so is. I, I had this idea maybe a year before I did it. Um, I thought about it a lot. I figured out how it could work and how, how it couldn't work and how it could work with someone that's not Jack Cartwheel. That was the very specific thing because I don't know Jack Cartwheel when I came up with the move. I thought about who could – like not who could take this. How can everybody take this move if I wanted to do this to everybody? So I thought about it for a long time. I'm wrestling Jack Cartwheel. I tell him, hey, this is this is what I want to do. Uh, this is how I think you should take it. This is how I think you should do it. We try it maybe two two times before the show. Uh, both fine. Both fine. Not not as good as the one in the match, but we make it happen. Moves good. Uh, in the moment, wow, it's so scary. I'll tell you what. This is that is that is like it's always scary to think about like your your spots and stuff like this, but. Uh, when it comes to like something so particular, like if this gets messed up, we're we're gonna look like clowns out here. So it definitely took a lot of confidence to just even go and attempt that sort of thing, and it paid off. Obviously, gratefully that this clip is probably gonna rotate the internet for the rest of wrestling time. <laughs> so it is definitely something that, like, yeah, if that goes wrong, that does not look good. No, there's no way of covering that one. Ropes. Yeah, if he gets hung up in the ropes or anything, like it just you both kind of look a little foolish. I'm glad it came off the the way it did, and yeah, it's definitely something that's just gonna live there uh, forever because like, that was a that was a big spot in that match. legacy maker right there with one move. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, Jordan, my last one 
for you and we're we're gonna go back to to detroit um detroit pretty good pretty good rap scene there's a famous rapper uh out of there named kid rock i'm just kidding um <laughs> there's, there's a few famous rappers coming coming out of there but what what type of music are you listening to to, to kind of get you pumped up for a match or just on a, oh, on a drive man. from town to town i do typically like hip-hop or rap music but i also like like everything almost like my playlist is pretty diverse. My, uh, so I don't really like a lot of stuff, right? I like wrestling, and then I like music, and I like music the same way that I like wrestling. So I'm always trying to find new music, creative music, things that don't sound like anything else. Um, so yes, yeah, some of my favorite artists are very, very weird. But I like J Cole a lot. He's my, he's he's like my favorite one. <laughs> uh, that sounds normal. <laughs> Your favorite one that sounds normal. J. Cole, North Carolina guy. Uh much like yeah, beast. North Carolina. So have you ever listened to death metal? Is that something that you No, I don't like yeah. this. I do like uh the, the hardest I'll go is like Metallica or like Megadeth. I like those a lot when I was a kid. And I feel like they remind me of wrestling. When I hear when I hear some Metallica, I think re- pro wrestling. <laughs> Jordan, I want to appreciate. I want to thank you for for joining us today. I appreciate you joining us today. Let everybody know where they can find you at. You can follow me on any social medias at the Jordan Oliver, except for Twitter, which it's the Jordan Oliver, but the L is I, so it's two eyes and Oliver. O I I V E R because I got hacked. <laughs> I was wondering what happened. That happened. I feel like shortly after we talked, like everything got yeah, changed. Would have been. Yeah, and I was I was very confused because I tried to message you. I was like, "Where did his Twitter go? What happened here?" I quit then- Twitter that day. I didn't have to actually quit. So fake. <laughs> Thank you again for for joining us. Everyone can watch Jordan uh, Wrestling Revolver tomorrow night. Fight TV. And that is uh, for the Remix Championship. He's in a scramble match facing a mentor, Alex Shelley, uh, Billy Starks, also yeah. in that match. Ace Austin, also in that match. So big time scramble match. He's going to wow. be at GCW uh, this weekend for the Detroit show. Don't know who he's facing. Hopefully Brett has a, a big opponent for you lined up. And then I want uh, the best from Detroit. That's what I want. I want one of these unheard of sick ass Detroit wrestlers. Right. I want Rhino Jay. actually. Switch Rhino. it up. I want Rhino. There it is. Get it. <laughs> What's Van Dam doing this weekend? Get Van Dam yeah. out there. What's he up to? <laughs> <laughs> uh and then uh all-star junior festival in august um teaming with nick wayne against mal and el desperado that's gonna be a hell of a match and a hell yeah, of a show. jordan true. jordan thank you again for joining us man really appreciate it thank you guys and remember stay young dumb young dumb young dumb yeah, broke. broke. Oh, i was early i'm sorry i screwed <laughs> that up oh i screwed it up i'm so sorry <laughs> <laughs> no it's uh internet <laughs> <laughs> that's what i'm blaming on that's what i'm blaming on thank you jordan enjoy the rest thank of your day you. have fun this weekend good luck with everything man yes god bless you guys thank you thank you bud good stuff jordan good oliver man. everybody he's fantastic uh, he's fantastic. He fantastic what's funny i i was looking i was just like i know i've seen him since before i told you and then i realized like oh shit i just saw him in toronto and i even saw him. you know what's even worse i saw him at a greek town wrestling show in toronto the the show that I like to talk about a lot because it was the show that happened just before the pandemic when I, I, like the world was about to shut down and they, that was my last wrestling show for a while. He was on it he faced Aiden Prince. So uh, there you go. Another, another impact wrestling guy. Sometimes Aiden kind of shows up when Aiden shows up. It's just kind of a thing. <laughs> 
<laughs> I think Aiden's actually um, injured right now, so I'm wishing him the best. There you go. There you go. Yeah, Jordan, Jordan Oliver is great. I appreciate him uh, joining us here. Yeah, we spoke in February. It wasn't March. It was February before the the J Cup, and he, he was telling me that he just doesn't doesn't do a ton of interviews. Um, but I appreciate that he spoke to me then. I appreciate that he joined us today. And you know, like I told him. Everybody has praise for, for Jordan Oliver. All the independent guys have praise for, for him. So, uh, you know, I that seemed to be news to him, which uh, is cool to kind of let him know how respected he is uh, in the locker room and everything. But that, that's just a guy that if you are not a fan of independent wrestling, I encourage you to check out Jordan Oliver matches because he's wrestled just about everybody. He mentioned it here on our show. Like he wants to continue to wrestle different people and stay on the independence for a while, continue to to grind and work his way up and everything. So I'm sure you'll, you'll be seeing a lot of him still on the independent scene. And then I think within a few years, you will probably be seeing him on television in some capacity as well. Would love to. I think he's got a pretty good gateway right now, considering his tag team partner uh, in Nick Wayne. So we'll see. But when he mentioned Rhino for that JCW title as, as something <laughs> he wants, oh, man, you better believe I was like, yeah, that's what I want to see. Those two could tear it up, and it will be the best mismatch you could put out there. Brett. It'd be really fun. Right. It'd be really fun to see Jordan kind of going to work a, a different different style as, as Rhino, a big styles clash in that match. But I, I have no faith or I, I have full faith that they could pull pull that off. Yeah. Rhino is also just really good. He's another guy who's uh, much like uh, Alex Shelley, not not the same, but in that they can both call a match in the ring or at least put together a match that fits very different styles. It'd be a lot of fun to see that. So we'll see. But uh, until then, Jordan Oliver is a fantastic wrestler and good, good dude. Good interview. Good chat. Uh, Jeremy, Jeremy does it again. Thanks. I guess. I don't <laughs> know. I, I just, just message people. I hope they get back to me. That's, <laughs> that's all you can do. You got to send that's emails like, out to 50 people in a day. Okay. Look, I respect it. I respect Absolutely. the, I respect the hustle, man. You, you got to, you, you might hear no and, or you might hear nothing and that's fine, but you don't know if you don't ask. That's what I always uh, uh, try to say. That's um, right uh all right SummerSlam theory finn beats seth jay uh, this is from our, our troy pollock appreciate the super chat troy uh SummerSlam theory finn beats seth jay beats roman priest cashes in on jay uh judgment day is draped in gold on the end shot is that so bad they might do it lol thoughts uh if they have jay uso win and then damian priest cash in immediately that's gonna cause that might cause a riot in in detroit that would uh that would be something i i actually i don't hate the theory of them like cashing in or not cashing in i don't hate the theory of them like having all gold and everything i think the one gold you gotta stay away from here is the undisputed wwe title and immediately taking away jay's moment uh by having damian priest cash in on him the only way that would have worked is if Dom Mysterio had held that uh, briefcase. Then you would have absolutely melted down the state. You know what? I would have loved it more if it was Dominic Mysterio. <laughs> I'd be for it if it was Dominic Mysterio. That's just because honestly. you're a giant troll, Jeremy. We've been yes. through this. It's one of the reasons why you and I sometimes get along is because we just want to watch the world burn. Uh, no, to Troy's, uh, to Troy's theory, uh, I don't see them crossing that line in terms of like the Raw to SmackDown thing. I think that Dominic Mysterio is the only one that they're really wanting to put 
across to SmackDown. And that's only once in a while because he's got that North American championship from NXT. So he kind of gets to blur the line and he also gets the extra people. Okay. People pay the money to see Dominic and boo him. It's not even a, a, it's not a go away heat. It's very much like, it's so fun to boo the guy because like he just, he reminds you of some asshole you used to know. He just does. And what do you want to do to those guys? You just want to boo him. And that's fine by me. And listen, I know some people are not going to enjoy that. That's fine. Some people are like, he's dangerous in the ring. He's not for, if he's not for you, totally understandable. I get it. Maybe that's because you were that asshole. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I just need to put that out there. But uh, no, to the theory, I don't see them doing something like that. I do see Judgment Day having all the candy, which is how. Uh, how did he put Finn put it on raw? He they didn't say all the candy. He said something. Maybe he did say all the candy. He said something that wasn't all the gold, but he said like all the toys or all the, I want to be like all the tchotchkes, but he's not going to say that on Monday night raw. But the idea being you've got Rhea holding that world women's championship. You've got Dominic with the North American championship from NXT. You've got potentially Damien. Well, Damien priest has the money in the bank. And then you have the, uh, the world championship possibly on Finn Balor, which then recreates that little bit of dissension between Damien Priest and Finn Balor because what can Damien do at any time? Cash in and take that newly won world championship from Finn. And I think that should freak out Finn if he wins that title immediately because what happened when Finn won the big one last time? He had to drop it due to injury. So he has not held a world championship for longer than 24 hours. So that should eat away at him if he does beat Seth Rollins at SummerSlam, which, you know, when we go over the card and kind of give our theories in full on Friday, uh, we'll have a better maybe understanding or at least be able to flesh out a little bit better what's going on. But no, I, I, I don't I don't really want to see them cross over into the bloodline story. I think Jay and Roman and, the, and, and Solo, it's all, and it won't because it's, Again, I say this all the time. It's so insular. It's so family them that Judgment Day is like the attempt to recreate what they have on SmackDown with the bloodline. And they're doing a really good job of it because they're they're bookending the Judgment Day in major stories and major segments each week on Mondays while the bloodline is holding down Fridays. They found something that works for both shows to make each uh, a little bit different and not a slog to get through. That being said, this past Monday on Raw, there were definitely moments where I was like, what are we doing here? What's the point of this? That main event, for example, I get that KO is out and we needed to do something. Probably would not have done that tag match. But I also understand why we did it. It happened. It was fine. Um, but what, what, overall, what was your thought on Raw? And then I wanted, I do want to talk about the Ronda and Shayna uh, segment. I Raw was there uh, as, a, as a SummerSlam go home. And I don't put much stock into the go home shows as I used to, because they ain't selling $50 pay-per-views anymore. Like you obviously want people to be excited for your, your big events and things like that. But the sell comes. And I think this is where WWE um, has done a, a fairly good job, especially this year. And I think the, the numbers re- reflect this of they've done a good job on the week to week stories to where yeah, the go home show just isn't quite the selling point that it used to be like Cody and Brock shaking hands. And then of course, Brock just beats him up and Cody saying, it doesn't matter how hard I am. I'm going to show up. It's like, I feel like I've seen this bit before. Um, it, it felt like another beat to the story that I, I've seen 
but you know they they did add some extra heat to Shayna and Ronda. Those video packages were really really strong. Um, they added some heat to like the the Finn and Seth stuff, but again the the beat to that one it feels like kind of peaked a couple of weeks ago more more than it did here. The go home show is no longer sort of that peak of of the story, and it's been that way for a while. The now the story is playing out over sort of multiple weeks and the peak might come two or three weeks before and then there's a come down but then you're still excited for the match and this this will go back to my point of you know an eight match card and and not including just sort of everyone is like you look at these eight matches aside from the battle royal which we know why it's there uh you look at the rest of the card like everything else has been pretty well built and you know maybe everything doesn't have again the the big hit point in the final week but everything else is like this has been a good kind of long-term story here that i'm excited for 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 one reason or another like there's nothing on this card where i'm like oh this feels very throwaway here every match has a point to it and i think that's something that certainly was missing in WWE over the last few years. Um, but they've done a much better job of, of like, Hey, we're just not going to throw on a random match on this card just to give people a spot on here. And you can argue that the battle Royal is that and, and fine, but otherwise like you kind of take that away, which is a sponsorship deal. Everything else is like, wow, he's been building for for a while and that's good that's good i'm excited for this card even if the raw go home show didn't like increase excitement for certain matches yeah and i wouldn't get my hopes up for for friday either to be honest i mean there's only two matches on this card from from smackdown there's there's the universal title match i expect jay and roman to do jay and roman type of things as, as they prepare further for tribal combat and then there's the the women's match which it, it this has probably been the most lacking build in in my mind. Um, and I don't even think it's been overall that bad. It, it's just Charlotte in a title program. And it's tough for me. And I'm a fan. Hashtag bow down. I like Charlotte Flair. It is just kind of tough for me to be like, all right, cool. Another Charlotte title match. And Bianca and Asuka have, have had good matches and everything. But it does feel that this feud has it's run its course over a little bit. This ain't something where I'm pumped up to see when I've seen it so much. And I expect the match to be good, by the way, all three of the, these ladies are very good workers. And I do think for the most part, week to week, the build has been fine. It is just, this is the one I'm least excited about. I'm looking at uh, last year's SummerSlam card, also eight matches, by the way. And the only like weird things that they put in there were Jeff Jarrett as the special guest referee for the tag title match. Uh, but other than that, you know, everything kind of flowed. And again, going back to what kind of show it was, you had every major title except for the Intercontinental Championship represented on the show. Raw women's, SmackDown women's, tag titles, uh, United States title, the undisputed WWE Universal Championship was on the line. They they did a good job of putting those titles up, and they're doing it again this year, in my opinion. We're gonna again Friday when we run down the card. I just wanted to point out the, in terms of chronology, this the two kind of mirror each other, and it's going to be a very interesting show. We'll have a lot to talk about, but they they've definitely put a lot of the same styles uh, of card building together from one year to the next. This is one thing I think Triple H has done 
a good job of, of when it comes to these major pay-per-views, these premium live events, there hasn't been a lot of just throwaway stuff on there. Everything has been well-built, nothing. There hasn't been, I mean, the exception is probably like WrestleMania, unfortunately. And WrestleMania is, of course, two nights you're trying to fill out like, Brock and Omos came out of of nowhere. What was the the show after that with Seth and Omos was another one that like really kind of came out of nowhere. I'm not saying it's it's been perfect on this, but for the most part, I haven't felt insulted of why is this match happening? This match makes no sense. It feels like you're just doing this match because you're just trying to get both guys or girls on the card or multiple guys and girls on the card. WrestleMania will always kind of be an exception there because it is two nights and they do want to try to get as many people as they can on that. But, but otherwise on, on the other shows, like everything's felt like it's had a point to it. And and that is good. And, you know, going back to, to the women's discussion we were having earlier, when they do that, people are just going to be left off. And it, it's an unfortunate thing, but that is the reality of it right now. It's honestly, it is unfortunate if you're hoping to see these matches, but like it shows they've actually done a, they're doing so many good stories. They have, they're actually utilizing the depth of their roster so good for once that people are upset that they're being left off. Whereas before the, the complaint of them being left off is like, well, you're not doing anything with them. We're complaining about you are doing too good of a job building these matches that they should be on these major cards. You know, that's a that's a better complaint to have than where's this person? Where's this person? Uh, why aren't you utilizing this person? And now they're still kind of doing that. Where's Bronson? Where's Gargano? Where's Candice? You're always going to have that when you have this much talent. But I think it's a good complaint that it's like, hey, you've actually done too good of a job with this story. It deserves this spot. I'm mad it doesn't have this spot. You don't ever want people complaining, but I think that's a better complaint than how come Becky Lynch hasn't been on television for three weeks? So uh, well, two things, and then we'll move on to the Rousey and, and Baszler package. Uh, <laughs> you want to know where Big Bronson Reed is? He's backstage watching TV during during no holds barred matches okay and he looks good doing it and then tells you to photoshop it however he wants so go ahead and do that uh he's, he's fun on twitter uh and then the other thing that i want to point out i want to circle back to what you mentioned that go homes aren't necessarily very important because at this point peacock is a 10 11 subscription service it's not a 50 dollar a month pay-per-view things are a little bit different in terms of build there the, the branding of the show is typically big enough to get people in the door, especially for what they pay. It becomes appointment viewing. And if it's not appointment viewing for you, then it's going to be something you watch later when you have the chance. And guess what? The numbers matter, but they don't matter as much. So the point I'm trying to make in all this is that if you have a bunch of different matches and a bunch of different stories going that can be built and paid off at different times, but what does it matter if it's the next show? Or what does it matter if it's on Raw a couple of weeks? You want you want to pop a big rating for a Monday Night Raw that's going up against something big that you're maybe not seeing down the pipeline, but somebody else is? Well, this is a pretty good opportunity to do that. I understand the frustration that it's a four-month build for something like Becky and Trish. That's why I continue to say, if you're going to do it, have it pay off at Payback. Have, it, have them do a steel cage match at Payback and have that be maybe Trish's last hurrah or maybe i don't know just just do something that would be a lot of fun and get people invested in the match that's where i'm at but again going back to what you were saying that was uh, 
I think I think it's a student. I think it's very much worth mentioning that a lot of these go home shows are not as important as they used to be because you're already sold. You're already bought in. You're already paying your subscription fee each month. So what's the difference? Yeah, I'm 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 with you. Uh, okay, let's move on to this Rousey and Shayna Baszler segment. I loved it. We've been giving uh, enough, well, grief or whatever you want to call it. We, we've given our constructive criticism to the uh, the Ronda Rousey stories. This is the first time I've been bought in on Rousey in a while, and I like to think that it's mostly because. She had her best friend to play off of in the segment. They're doing a match that I'm sure both women are going to enjoy and probably pound the shit out of each other in in a wrestling style. Uh, But in an MMA rules wrestling match, whatever that's going to be. Uh, But the segment itself found out last, uh, it was taped last Tuesday at the Performance Center. And uh, to no one's surprise, Paul Heyman was involved in uh, in the shooting and the production. Which again, why should no one be surprised? Because if there's someone that Ronda Rousey loves, Paul Heyman, Paul Heyman loves her back. Uh, so they did a really good job telling the story. Overall, uh, got me much more excited in this in, in this match. And it also got me much more bought into the idea that these two want to beat each other up, but that they still have love for each other. This is the first time that I really felt good about what's happening for this match on Saturday. Yeah, Ronda Rousey's doing her best work before her final uh match in in wwe and what if it's not i mean i know it's out there that you know she said i'm done but is she done or is she done you know for a month we don't know for sure i i think she's done for the time being does she come back in mania or something or rumble or something maybe we've seen that story though it was a really good video package it needed to be a really good video package because the promos have not been too great leading up to it. I'm, I'm a fan of Shayna Baszler. I think Shayna Baszler has certainly been, been missing what she had in NXT. Uh, and there's various reasons for that uh, throughout her, her main roster run. Uh, but, but she needed this as well because this needs to be a strong performance from Baszler too, uh, to, to carry. She's going to be there after Ronda potentially leaves. Uh, after SummerSlam. So you need to make Baszler look strong going into it and coming out of it. It was an MMA UFC style video package countdown type thing, which is good. They got UFC backgrounds. They got a lot of history. Tell that story through this medium instead of putting them out there in front of a live crowd where Ronda doesn't always perform the best when she has a, a microphone. Um, so this was, this is a great use of a medium that they have when it comes to these vignettes and protecting, uh, highlighting strengths, right? You, you mentioned Paul Heyman was involved. No, no surprise. The man who was excellent at accentuating positives, hiding weaknesses in ECW, which was a motto of his throughout ECW was able to do this and, and pull this off and had a lot of input on this no surprise that rousey's best work came in working with paul Heyman because when she was able to work with Heyman weekly uh during her first run that was her best stuff obviously Heyman's a lot busier on a different brand for the most part nowadays and so maybe that time isn't there for for those two like it was during her first run that would certainly explain why rousey has not 
been the the star that she has she was during her first run among other things there there's plenty of reasons potentially for that but i do think not being working so closely with Heyman like she was during the first run plays a part in that yes to blood or no to blood on saturday nah because like they should go out there like neither neither of them are like well renowned for their striking uh baszler of course more catch wrestling um and then ronda just more overall grappling uh and, and judo and arm bars and stuff neither well known for their striking but i think baszler should just like throw a good punch and then knock out like open with a flying knee how about that like Baszler does do the flying knee. We we just saw Derek Lewis uh hit a flying knee to open open the fight uh, against uh Rogerio de Lima and knock him down and then swarm him with punches. Just recreate that. That's what that's what I would do. Yeah, I I think you nailed it on the head. Uh I will and I'm glad that we can kind of set that expectation that neither woman were known in MMA for their striking. So there's a possibility that this is a it's a submission match that's not a submission match. You know what I mean? It's an MMA rules because guess what? They both came from MMA and I believe that this might be their own variation on a love letter to the sport that they started in. So I look forward to the match again. Uh, it, there's going to be a lot to talk about on Friday when we run down the card and give our, our predictions and our thoughts. Uh, let's move on. Let's go over to AEW. Uh, Dynamite 200 is tonight. And of course, ahead of that, Justin Barrasso on SI got the, uh, the scoop that the elites have renewed their contracts with AEW, the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, and Hangman Adam Page, they're all going to remain on multi-year deals. They are all going to remain EVPs, and it is looking like it's going to be a very celebratory night for everyone involved with AEW. Uh, Jeremy, your your initial thoughts to uh, the re-signing of the Young Bucks and Hangman and Kenny Omega? Uh, I mean, Fightful Select reported in in June that everyone kind of expected it to go that way i'll get the the exact wording here from from sean's report uh june 14th we're told that most people in AEW expect that each man will remain in AEW on significant money increases so it seemed like everyone was leaning that way we still i mean it's not fully confirmed it's not fully out there but there's enough evidence wwe still seems to be in some type of hiring freeze right now they ain't them brought in much talent this year as far as like big name free agent type of talent and that could still be the case and we've heard it might be because you know they're waiting for the endeavor deal to come out they're they're still negotiating media rights they just announced a a record quarter as far as revenue it's not like they're hurting for money that they can't use but they're still working on a lot of big behind the scenes stuff that probably takes priority over signing free agents i also unlike cody cody when his contract and stuff came up there you know there was enough speculation out there like oh maybe he could do it certainly people were like no way cody's leaving he's one of the founding evps like he's definitely going to stay cody is always he's always chased things uh that's why i left wwe to really chase things that's why he came back to wwe to to chase the the wwe title and finish that story the elite have never been in the wwe system i guess omega was in uh ohio ohio valley or uh whichever deep south yeah deep south um but they've never been part of that that 
system, that style. And they've always, who, who said it? Um, one, of, one of the Jacksons said it in the interview with Justin Brasso. The E in AEW is elite. They are the elite. As much as Cody was part of all of that, Cody wasn't, he was never thought to be like the elite. So I didn't think Omega, the Bucks, and Hangman were going were going to leave. It's it's good that they're staying. It would have been a just tremendous discourse had they left. Uh, but they they have plenty of reason to stay, and I'm sure money was one of them. Hangman definitely had a lot of really great quotes from this. I mean, talking about uh, the reason to stay, he said at this stage of my life, selling point was the schedule. AEW schedule allows me to be home with my family for the majority of the week, and it will ideally help me help uh, help my body hold up better in the long run. And the pay is good. <laughs> Stuff like that makes yeah. me laugh. And then, of course, uh, I think I, I really this is my favorite one: is pro wrestling has given me so much, starting with free hot dogs, and now the ability to provide a secure future for myself and my family. I want to eventually leave it better than I found it for future generations. Again, that continues to be the the motto for pro wrestling: is leave it better than you found it. And if these guys want to do that, then I have no problem you know, not just supporting, but celebrating when they uh, are given the opportunity to do so and and, and make money from it. Yeah. Why Soulblade says, are you guys surprised that they resigned so early in the year? Yeah. I don't think their contracts were up for a little bit, but again, in June, it said the the negotiations were kind of underway. Uh, And this is from FIFO Select Report in in June. Uh, We're told by WWE sources that they would absolutely have interest in all four talents in the event they become available, but they don't actually expect that to happen and that WWE are, quote, nowhere near being legally allowed to talk to any of them. But that even sound like they got into talks with WWE. It sounded like this was a negotiation that... um, it sounded like, yeah, this was this was a negotiation with just AEW. They were happy with the terms of that. They didn't even want to hear what WWE had to say, whatever that might have been. And they got it done. I good. Like it's it's good that all of this got done. It got settled. It's no longer going to dominate the the year of will they, won't they type of thing. And yeah, now they're celebrating Dynamite two hundred by wrestling Jeff Jarrett, Satnam Singh, and Jay Lethal. Have fun. So this is a uh... Kind of an interesting point that I was thinking of. Um, this comes at a time when Dynamite 200 is tonight. That is the 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 premier show that is off the backs of the elite and Tony Khan as well. Uh, and and of course Hangman, if you consider him elite, I don't I don't know if you consider him part of the elite. I guess he is. But anyway, uh, for those those four guys were the the soul of AEW along with Cody Rhodes at the start. So to retain them, absolutely was going to happen. Felt like this would be the perfect time to make the announcement, given that this is a milestone episode of their show of dynamite and on top of that you know last week on uh, or a saturday night on collision you had cm punk being like i show up for work every single week whereas you it felt like he was kind of trying to make a little jab at the elite having taken last week off of tv and maybe this was their again kind of this is my tinfoil hat coming out in the punk versus the elite story where you know, Punk says all this and maybe the Elite was just given last week off because they re-signed and Tony said, let's celebrate. Take the week off. Don't worry about it. I got Maybe you. they got the week off because they just did a blood and guts match. Maybe, and- they got, maybe they were selling the effects of the blood and guts match. <laughs> but of course, I wouldn't have gone on BT and been like, I'm taking the week off. Brandon Cutler is in Vegas. <laughs> but either way, it, it, it's good news 
all around. I mean, I'm sure CM Punk is going to enjoy, you know, making a joke about this on Saturday again, but uh, that's fine. I'm going to enjoy it because guess what? I'm not the one who has to deal with the backstage politics. I'm just the guy who gets to talk about it after the fact and have absolutely nothing else to go on because I'm just here for the lulls. Okay. Uh, it'll be a celebration for them on, on dynamite 200. And it, it should be like, again, they said it, they, AEW, the E is the elite and it would be very weird I mean, I guess they would be, you know, AXW if uh, they left. Uh, X, the X is for straight edge. That means AEW is better than you. And I guess they could have changed the name. I don't know if they would have, but yeah, it, it, it's, it's good. It's good that they're staying. They're obviously a big part of, of AEW and they're a big part of Dynamite. And they, they deserve a little bit of a victory lap for Dynamite 200 tonight. I hope, I hope the victory lap includes advancing things towards the the future specifically tony said that uh, they will do some all-in announcements tonight uh you know i hope that we are not just going to announce matches for the sake of announcing matches i hope that the these matches have have some purpose and some sense to them um but it does sound like we will start getting all-in matches tonight for those wondering Okay, what if they don't announce any all-in matches and instead announce where it's going to be available for consumption? I mean, that's fine. Just give me something when it comes to all-in. We're less than a month away from this thing. Like, I need some type of details outside of Wembley Stadium, 80,000 people. I mean, listen, MJF and uh, Adam Cole are going to eventually have a world title shot or world title match. They did not break up on collision, but they also did not win those tag titles. I'm sure you and SB3 had a long conversation about it, but like, is tonight the night on Dynamite that they do? We're going to hear from MJF. That's on the show. Is this the night where they finally do some sort of turn? Is it Adam Cole, Bay Bay, going for the turn? Or is it going to be MJF being like, told you all along, sucker? I don't think... So we we pitched a couple of ideas for All In, All Out, MJF, Adam Cole, even CM Punk, because he hinted at, uh, you know, possibly doing a unification match at All In. So we we pitched a couple ideas on, on Monday. I don't want to rehash all of that, but I, I said before before the um, collision match, I thought they should have won. I think they should stretch this as much as they can. I think not doing the turn there shows that maybe they're going to stretch this a little bit longer. I think when they saw that rating and that quarter hour, they might have second thoughts uh, if they were going to pull the trigger on this about stretching it out because that boosted collision in, in my mind. Like it did the did a very good quarter. It did it. It did the biggest number for collision since the debut episode, which was always going to do a good number. And I think you're lying to yourself if you don't think MJF, Adam Cole, that storyline, that match had something to do with that number. Because that, that's that been the difference between this collision show and past collision shows. If They built to a big match. They built to it through the Blind Eliminator Tournament. And they had a hot act going for those titles. If they did, if Big Bill and Brian Cage won the Blind Eliminator, like they won the rampage rumble battle and they're getting their title shot this week if they've won that and they were just they they were the title match this past week ain't doing that number the fact that it was cole and mjf the fact that they had been built the way it built that popped that number so yeah i, I, I think 
you might want to stretch it. Yeah, and I'm I'm in the I'm in the agreement department on that. I just don't know how long you can go with it. I mean, they're they're doing well. You keep running with it until I don't know if you want to run with it until the wheels fall off per se, but you got to eventually find that point where pulling the trigger makes sense. If not tonight, then it's got to be shortly because if the match is at all in, they've got to do an MJF title defense at all in. They don't they don't have to, but it would be in their best interest to most fans to put the world title on the line at all in, if not at all out. Because if you're going to do something with MJF at all in, it, do you do the turn there? So SP3 pitched uh, Punk and Joe and MJF and Cole at all in, and then the two winners, which you'd assume Punk and, and MJF, at all out in the unification match. That That's what he pitched on there. I think you can do Cole, or sorry, uh, MJF and Punk, at all in unification match mjf wins and then cole and mjf at all out because he said he would give cole a shot at the title that's something that has been building for months at that point by the time you get to all out i think you can do mjf and cole at all out where does that leave cm punk for all out in chicago i'm not quite sure maybe he teams with ftr or something maybe he just has another match maybe they spend the next few weeks building up kind of a secondary match for him um i don't know what what are your thoughts that they that they do punk versus jeff jarrett at all in baby (laughs) jeff jarrett wants to be the real world's champion by god no i don't okay i like sp3's idea but also i don't necessarily want samoa joe around and when i say that i mean He's a he's a Ring of Honor guy, and they've gotten pretty good at keeping Ring of Honor at least pretty separate from you know from AEW, uh, Claudio notwithstanding. But the point I'm trying to make here is that right now Samoa Joe is a part of this storyline in Ring of Honor with Stokely, and then they're doing the TV uh, title eliminator tournament that eventually leads to Samoa Joe getting a uh, uh, an opponent. I'm. I'm losing my mind because I keep on a, I, I'm trying to take it seriously, but I also want to keep calling Samoa Joe by every other name that I use for him. Samosa Joe, Mimosa Joe, Ragosa Joe, but I'm trying to keep it at Samoa Joe. So that's why I keep getting tripped up. Either way, uh, as to what you could do otherwise, I would just have, honestly, Punk and MJF feels like such a, it feels like an all out match, but it also doesn't because I don't know what the sweet tooth joe's another one uh given his current status with twisted metal i i don't know what you want to do with the reaction to punk because the reaction on saturday was so strange to me you had he he's doing a heelish thing and then ricky starks is also kind of a piece of shit too who am i cheering for on saturday and it's not like a i'm so confused oh my god but it's just like it's a very weird feeling that i have with the 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 cm punk real world's champion ricky starks you know wants his way in i don't know who i'm supposed i don't know who i'm supposed to be invested in i'm invested in starks because he's younger and really good at this but i also like punk because punk is really just really good at this and is really good at playing up the crowd and playing out the crowd so i i don't know but i also don't know what to do with all with all in 
I don't know where you have Punk seated in, but he's got to be somewhere. The elite re-signing clearly means that there is some sort of okayness going on between both shows and that people are, I wouldn't say, I'm not going to say happy, but people are maybe feeling safe or at least comfortable with what's going on or how the situation is. Uh, or maybe they're talking and maybe there's there's movement on them working together again. Am I saying that's going to happen in All In? No, I'm not. I'm just saying that down the line, it could be more of a reality than it was you know, six months ago. So long story short, I don't know what you do with punk, but you gotta do something. You gotta do something because it's a big show and it's a lot of fans are going to want to see them. Make a declarative statement here, Joel. I'll just be like, well, what are you going to do? Going to do something, put, punk, put something out there. Punk and CMFTR versus Adam Cole, Roderick strong and MJF at all in at all in. And then punk and MJF at, uh, all out. Yeah, but the only problem with that is you still have Adam Cole versus MJF on the table because MJF said, I'm giving you a title shot. Yeah. So you're basically saying your own idea sucks. Yeah, I didn't say it was a good idea. God, what's wrong with you? <laughs> when did I say this is a good idea and this is what they should do? I'm, I'm just, you know, making, uh, you know, ch- keeping you in line here, Joel. All right, That's all. Thing. We are doing that, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, we're just, I'm just keeping you in line. That's, That's all. Right. Speaking of checks. Give us a super chat. I see none of the money, but at least I know people are getting paid here. <laughs> um, I I don't mind the the kind of two title matches at all out. Cole and MJF obviously makes sense on there. And then do you do so? Do you do Cole and MJF at all out? All in, sorry. The all MJF show. wins. The all yeah. shows. MJF wins. And then he turns on Cole, gets the big booze in England. He's he's a heel going into All Out. He's getting booed in Chicago. That's CM Punk town. They're booing MJF in that town. So do you just go full bore with the heel MJF there, knowing Punk is getting cheered at that show? Or do you do kind of the Bret Hart thing of CM Punk is right and the Chicago tra- crowd is going to cheer him and everywhere else is going to give him sort of a, a more of a mixed reaction type of thing. The elite are getting booed in Chicago. CM Punk's getting cheered. MJF's getting booed. Like you got, do you go ahead and make that decision with MJF or do you kind of keep MJF as a baby face, which has momentum and is working for right now. And everybody does expect there to be some type of turn. I think they've got different angles to go with this. I, I don't know. There's a wrong option in if they do just something completely out of left field that makes no sense. That's always kind of a wrong option. But I also just think that um I I also think that there are a lot of good options on the table for them and how they play it how they play it's going to shape beyond all in and all out because that I don't want to say that's the easy part of all of this, but like those two shows are going to sell. We, we can't, we know that they got enough strong options for both of those shows that I'd like to, you know, see more of what's actually solidified on this. You know, I hope nobody paid for an all in ticket, Hoping to see CM Punk versus MJF. They never announced it, everybody. Don't be disappointed if it doesn't happen. Um, 
but I hope that things get more solidified with that, but they got options that are probably going to be good. But what they do at these shows is going to shape the rest of the year for, for AEW. I'm looking at the uh, promotional material for the next few shows for collision. And I'm just looking at who's on, who's on the list here or who's on the, uh, on the image. And I see, I see some Ojo. So there you go back to the whole, he is the ring of honor television champion, but he's still being promoted. Uh, I see orange Cassidy here. I see the trios champions, the uh, house of black, I see powerhouse Hobbs who hasn't been on the show in a couple of weeks. I see Ricky Starks. I see punk, of course, Miro and all them, all this to say, you know, this whole side of the card could be really, really good, but you got to start announcing those matches. Do you do house of black and the acclaimed again? We talked about this before. We do it again. This time, put Billy Gunn's career actually on the line. Is this where we go? And then the claim finally win, and they win the big one in London at All In, and everyone gets to chant, oh, scissor me, daddy, because Billy Gunn won the big one? Is that where it goes? Maybe. I mean, there was no follow-up on the Billy Gunn thing nope. this, this past week. That was the most disappointing thing. It's like That was, I don't want to say the biggest story coming out of Collision the, the previous week, but that was kind of a major, major talking point coming out of that. And then, what the hell's Alex Marvez doing? Chris, can we get a comment? Don, can we get a comment? They're going to talk. They talk all the damn time. They can't shut up. Get a comment from Billy Gunn and the Acclaimed. What are we doing? Go f- chase them down. I'm here at Billy Gunn's house, and we're going to get answers. Yeah. And then Come he just on, Marvez. Gets... Do your damn job. Yeah, he's the guy. He is the guy. But that's, I could see them doing that. Uh, I, I, again, I'm just trying to figure out, like, where, where, do, where does this punk real world's championship fit in? Where does MJF fit in on the all-out, on the all-in card in London? Uh, there are so many... And again, doing this the week before All Out just continues to make things more frustrating in terms of like, where do things go? Because everything gets rushed. One one thing is going to get more rushed than the others. The only All Out match that we have is the TNT title match. And that's Darby Allin against who knows who. They... I mean, I yeah, maybe Luchasaurus loses it, but they can go a few different directions. Um, I don't think things necessarily get rushed, though. If they, if they get, if they play it correctly, people will be mad. And I'm, I'm one of them that like, Hey, maybe announce some stuff for, for these shows. But if it plays out the way they can play it out, which let's say hypothetical sake, MJF and and CM Punk on one of these shows ain't really a rushed thing. That's been building since last year and all out. That's been building since just last year in totality with their with their feud so that's not really a rush thing cole and mjf ain't really rushed either because that's been building since they since the draw since before that when cole confronted mjf they're not rushed in the in the sense that they haven't been building and they're just hey we're on the card now it might seem a little rushed of like we're not announcing this until a week before the show that's theoretically not ideal but the tickets have sold for these shows. And so with the tickets being sold, you don't fully, you should announce, you should announce these matches. You, you should. Um, but there might just be less urgency because you're now you're looking to attract the pay-per-view buyer and the pay-per-view buyer ain't buying until the week of anyway, or the day of anyway. So you don't need to fully 
put those out there until that final week. Again, you ideally would like to have stuff announced. You would, especially if it's a, a world title match. You'd ideally like to have stuff on the as, and being this big show all in a this big stadium show. Ideally, you wouldn't just load up a bunch of announcements like Excalibur speed running the the card for the week before. You don't want to do that for this show. But there's enough stuff brewing that makes sense going into all in and then to be a one week quote unquote build for all out. It's the major stuff. Now the minor stuff, the undercard stuff, not a whole lot brewing there. Like I don't know what the elite are doing. They wrapped up the the Blackpool Combat Club stuff. They they got the match tonight. There ain't a whole lot there in in a week or two for them to be like, "Hey, this has been brewing. Uh what's ha- that might, this might happen at all in all out." They wrapped their big feud. I don't know what's on the docket for them. That's a different conversation. Yeah, exactly. And I want to see where they go tonight because they have, you know, I, I get what you're saying. Like they, they've sold, you know, about 70,000 tickets. I get that. It's great. All in as a spectacle is big. It's there. They should just take the entire London eye and put it in Wembley so that people could go around in circles while they watch the matches, make it a big carnival feeling, but no, it's, it's not what we're doing. But the point is here, there are so many really fun things that could be happening at that show. But right now, and again, this is go. This is again the setting expectation thing that I find so funny is that we all get so excited and so wrapped up in different ideas for matches that maybe we lose sight and get uh, get frustrated when the matches aren't to our standard. And again, that's just expectation setting. That's just a, a long conversation that we continue to have is making sure that what we are. What what we're thinking is not going to completely turn us off from the final product. Uh, that being said, with only a few weeks left to go, they do have to start giving us something. You got to give us something, and not just a not just the pay per view provider, but like tell us, give us a match. Maybe it's Moxley versus Orange Cassidy. Maybe that's the match that that they're going to do it all in. I'm fine with that. That's a good starting point because you can at least tell some stories because if there's one thing that Mox is going to do, he is going to want to in the backstage, tell some stories to lead to his match and make it an important match or do Moxley and uh, Moxley and orange Cassidy at all out. And then it all in do a Blackpool combat club versus best friends type of thing or whoever orange Cassidy wants to get could be, I guess it can't be Bandito because he's injured, isn't he? So Either way, it would have to be some some friends of Orange Cassidy, some people from Chaos, but New Japan's also going to be in the States that weekend. So who knows who's available? <laughs> Regardless, could just be the best friends, and that's fine. Uh, there's That would be fine. Do that as a six-person, to six-man tag, and then do the Moxley-Orange Cassidy match at All Out, uh, or reverse it. I don't know what you want to do, but uh, there, there's room, but you now have to sell to the crowd who's going to want to potentially buy a $50 pay-per-view one week, and then another $50 pay-per-view the next week. You could potentially do uh, the Young Bucks and FTR at one of these shows. Yeah. I mean, I they've worked together in the past. I don't know where their relationship stands right now. Um, but you could potentially do that at one of these shows. I think tonight, what I'm looking forward to tonight is kind of what is next for the Elite. They got this match against Jarrett, Singh, and Lethal. It feels 
a little throwaway. Um, I don't think they're building towards a Kenny Omega Jeff Jarrett match at this show, but maybe they are. Uh, but they they got to do something for the elite in these next few weeks to have this big time match. And look, it might be, it legitimately might be as simple as the young bucks being like FTR say you're the best tag team. We're back. And then that's it. And then you got enough history to sell that in in and of itself for Omega. I don't know. I, I, if the Osprey match is off the table, which it may or may not be, uh, Takeshka would be the, the big match there. Is that all in? Is that all out? Not sure. Hangman is the guy that I'm most worried about because I don't know where he's at right now. He's not on Dynamite 200. There's no match announcement or anything. He's been feuding with Moxley and Blackpool legitimately all year, and now that's wrapped. I don't know where Hangman fits in right now um so he's the guy where i'm like what's and i think he should be positioned pretty high because i mean his story his run was some of the best television AEW has done so i think he should be positioned pretty high i just don't know where that's going to be for hangman page maybe hangman goes after the tnt title maybe he goes after for, for all in yeah, why not? Or you can have him say, I want I want Claudio one-on-one for the Ring of Honor championship. One mm. last time, do something, you know, do something crazy. Crazy. I don't I don't like any of the the ROH stuff being on AEW TV. You know, oh, I agree. Like, yeah. I don't like any of that. So yeah. Yeah, I, I would that that's why I'm more leaning towards the TNT title because again, we mentioned Darby Allen will face the TNT champion we don't know who that would be it would be nice to see the TNT title on the line at all in or maybe do something funky where it's like Luchasaurus does the all in show and then Christian does the all out show because they're just they're just free burden that title the way they want to and no one's getting in the way of it uh it would be it would be nice but uh we'll see what they do there's a lot there's a lot of potential here for a really good solid two shows but all we can do right now is kind of guess at it because they're not really planting the seeds that much. There are things that they have planted the seeds for, and we just talked about a lot of them. Now some of the other stuff is just kind of guesswork. Um, I would love to see uh, Mercedes Martinez versus Chris Statt for the TBS title at All In or All Out, but it's probably going to be a TV thing. I want. I, I just want the they best. Already announced, they already announced that for TV. Is that collision this week? No, it's oh, collision. It's collision. Oh, I missed that announcement. Watch then. the product. I do watch the product. The problem is sometimes they go through the product so quickly that Ian Riccoboni is actually really good at not going. Read over. the internet. I don't want to do that. Fair. When I read the internet, I get Tony Khan responds to being a secondary promotion, and then mm-hmm. I'm not going to take this shit anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, to, like what are Tony Storm doing at All In, yep. All Out? Jamie Hader doesn't look like she's going to be back. What's Soraya doing? Um, I have no idea where they're at with the women's division. We've already had a women's division sc- discussion on this. Yes, I mean, several. To, Tony's facing Sheeta tonight. That'd be a great match. I'm looking forward to that match. You know, but otherwise, they built up the Outcast stuff and didn't fully pulled the trigger on anything do we get brit and tony at all in is that how you kind of i i feel like that's the match honestly i feel like it's brit and tony because brit comes out to defend the honor of jamie Hader. brit's 
gotten a few wins on TV. I don't think that's a coincidence that they've been giving Britt a few wins on TV. I think that's the match for for All In yep. is, is Britt and Tony for the title. Britt and Sheeta also friendly during that Outcast whole storyline. Yeah. Yeah, Britt and Tony for the women's title is most likely what we're going to see. Let's uh, let's run down tonight's Dynamite 200 real quick. Uh, we got the, the FTW champion, Jack Perry, going face-to-face with Jerry Lynn, who retired 10 years ago, but is going to do face-to-face. They, did you see the, 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 the photo video of him doing some training? That was some yeah. good stuff. Jerry Lynn can still go. Yeah. Who knows? I, you know what? Talking about the all-in, all-out card, what if you do Jack Perry and some other partner versus Hook and Taz, but Taz isn't really there to do more than like Hook in the Taz mission at the end of the match? And just, I don't know if Taz can, can go or wants to go or like if that's in the cards, but what if you do something like that? I think that'd be a father son, you know, quick tag match, beat up Jack Perry, make him, you know, not look like a fool, but beat him up, get his comeuppance. I don't know who would tag with Jack though. Yeah, who's tagging with uh, Hollywood Jack? in this scenario sabu i would say can you get sabu that'd be honestly like if you can get if you can make this pop if you're gonna do this ecw stuff go for it like just just go for it with a taz what about um what about kurt angle to get get revenge for his first loss in wwe Honestly, I love it. I would love to do that if kurt's available (laughs) i don't know kurt would love to go again i'm sure of it too Nah, Kurt, Kurt's under some type of WWE deal. I'm pretty sure it's a Legends deal, so I don't think that's happening anytime soon. If only, if only. I don't know. You And again, Taz could easily just be the ringside manager for Jack Perry and then, you know, do something to cost Jack the match. Uh, and that's it. I, I wouldn't mind seeing that. But either way, tonight, Jack Perry face-to-face with Jerry Lynn. Looking forward to that one. Tony Storm and Karu Shida for the AEW Women's World Championship like we said, potentially setting up for whoever Tony Storm will face at all in, most likely Britt Baker, right? Yeah, I, I think it's I think Tony's facing Britt. Sheeta wins the title. No, I don't think so. Um although I mean I'm seeing someone in the chat saying Soraya and Sheeta at all in to close the story from January. And it gives Soraya a That's title in her, home country, in her home country. So I'm that- I'm for that. Yeah, who knows? Maybe it'll shock the world. It's a big night. I mean, listen, this is the only AEW title that's on the line tonight because the Ring of Honor World Tag Titles are on the line. Aussie Open defends against Commander and Vikingo. <laughs> the enemy of my enemy is also my tag team partner. Who who asked? Uh, Ryan asked, uh, is Jeremy an R-O-Hater? R-O-H-Hater. No, I just I don't like when they bring the ROH stuff to AEW. I want them to focus the ROH stuff in ROH. I understand that basically the teams you have or the people you have signed like Claudio is more of an AEW guy. I understand that Samoa Joe can can bounce back and forth. He's a he's a collider. Right. Um, And and I understand. I know. I know. Um, That's great. (laughs) I know. Um. Like I, I get Aussie Open, they're kind of, they're bouncing back and forth a little bit too. Like I get all of that. I like I just want them to actually focus on the ROH stuff. That's all. I don't I don't need the the ROH stuff on AEW TV. They got enough talent it is part of the AEW stuff to carry all of that. They don't need the ROH stuff. ROH 
make it its own kind of thing when it comes to the talent. Cause I think too much just gets lost, lost in there with ROH. So I agree in this case, I wouldn't be shocked if they use Aussie open as a reminder and as a call in for Will Ospreay with the United empire. And okay. that could easily be the return of Will Ospreay to AEW and, and they're in Tampa. So it's, it's a pretty easy flight Look, for him. To sure. Come. No, 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 no. Osprey's in the G1 for the next couple of weeks still. Oh, Osprey ain't coming. Yeah. Osprey ain't coming to AEW TV. I think that wraps August 15th. So <laughs> you ain't getting much out of Will Osprey. You're right. So maybe if you don't get Osprey there, well, no, they didn't do it for any Kingston. They could, they're going to fly out the ROH jet for Kingston. So they're not going to fly out the. You can, you can do a video package. Like that's yes. fine. But nobody, again, let's set expectations. Don't expect Will Osprey in the flesh on AEW television until after the G1 because he's going to be there. They, they couldn't get Eddie Kingston to, and they had a little bit of time theoretically because the, the ROH show was on Friday. Kingston didn't wrestle until Sunday. Theoretically, they could have gotten that jet over to where was that show in New Jersey and then back and everything. Like maybe they could have pulled it off. They couldn't pull that off. So Osprey ain't showing up on AWTV TV until after the G1. I don't know where they're going. I do think Aussie Open can be used as a bridge to get Osprey back. It just, it ain't happening within the next couple of weeks until the G1 reps. Well, at the same time, you've got Chris Jericho and Kanosuke Takeshita versus, Takeshita versus Sammy Guevara and Danny Garcia. You got one tag team and then another tag team, and then you got the singles guy who wants to go after Chris Jericho. Maybe there's a beatdown going on there. And we got Garcia and Sammy versus Ozzy Open down the line, too. Then Jericho and and uh, Will Ospreay. So you're going to put Sammy in ROH with Garcia? Uh, well, Garcia's already been there. so Yeah, Garcia. Yeah. There. Right. Uh, and, and honestly, I wouldn't put it past Tony to put that match uh, on an all-in show. Maybe. Maybe. I just don't, I just don't like the ROH stuff on AWTV. I think you got enough talent on both brands to where you can keep them separated. And I think there's a reason why the Athena stuff has been the best stuff on ROH TV, because outside of her appearance in the Owen, which was used well to set up the rubber match with Willow, she ain't on AWTV. TV. She's beating everybody up on ROH. And I think that's why it's been the best stuff. Everything else from ROH gets that's why you got to do four man tournaments to get a, a contender for Joe and then eight man tournaments to get a contender for Joe, because you're not actually building anything with Joe because he's on collision part of the time as well. This is why Claudio they were doing stuff with Kingston. I understand stuff happened. The Briscoe stuff was very out of the blue and then that got taken away. So you had a one week build for the, not even a week. You had a two day build for the pack match from blood and guts like because claudio is mostly part of the elite in blackpool feud throughout the year he wasn't doing anything on roh i think there's just got to be a better division there that's all yeah i agree with you there's there needs to be a division i'm just trying to think of ways to put some people together given the story of tonight's dynamite 200 so who knows uh jericho and takeshita teaming up is this a recipe for disaster um, 
I don't know. I think Takeshi has got to get back involved with Omega. That feels like they were building to a singles match between those two. And you got big shows coming up. Omega doesn't seem to have a big direction outside of like kind of finishing things with Callus because I don't think things are finished there. Maybe, maybe the Jericho and Osprey stuff was a, a red herring, and we're getting Jericho uh, and Omega at all in. Like maybe that's where that's going. I feel like we've been here before with Jericho and Omega. Yes. Yeah, we have, and it I helped. It's, it's a joke. Okay. Well, it helped lead to AEW and all in and everything. I mean, if you think back to the first. All in the the original All in, it was Jericho that dressed as Penta made the surprise appearance that really a lot of people did not see coming because he just did a Fozzie show. This is when they Tony you know did break out the private jet and he he attacked Omega. So now you run it back to uh to this All in in Wembley, Jericho Omega. And who was Jericho dressed up as at that show? I said Penta. Yes, Penta versus Tramperetta versus John Moxley. I was trying to bring it around. And an anything goes match. Is this uh, is this the main event for tonight? Do you think? I guess so. Looking at this card, um, I don't know what else match wise it would it would be. Like there's yeah. There's no title match, Joel. So actually, there's a couple. There's title two matches. title matches, Jeremy Lambert. What are you yeah, talking but, about? Uh, yeah, it, it, this feels this feels like the main event. Uh, Orange Cassidy can come in at some point and, and do his thing. Um, I don't know. Maybe Jericho and Tageshka against Garcia and Sammy headline. Honestly, Sammy Sammy headlined um, or didn't headline. He was yeah. Sammy was in the first yeah. Dynamite match. The formation of the inner circle or the yeah inner circle closed out the first dynamite so you let them close out the the dynamite 200 why isn't jake hager the special guest referee in the jericho tag match he might be there he might be there he should be there and he should just he should wear a referee bucket hat it's the purple hat but it has black stripes on it he just really likes this hat (laughs) special guest enforcer yeah, I apologize. I, I mean, the, the women's title match and the ROH tag team title matches, there are two title matches on this show. I actually think headlining with Storm and Sheeta would be a good choice. Uh, honestly, I think that would be a good direction. I don't know if they're going to do that. I That does not feel like the 9-23 match, though. I think you... I think that opens. I think that opens, or that's the crossover. And then... You have I, I've talked to myself into Jericho headlining this show, um, and then you start with the John Moxley stuff. I mean, what about Kenny and the Bucks versus Jarrett Lethal and Singh? Yeah, I guess it make also makes sense for them to like start. Um, I, I no, you can either start with them or you can finish with them because again, the big news going into Dynamite 200 is that they resigned their contracts. As long as you got something coming out of like. I understand you want to do maybe like a celebration type thing and like, hey, the elite win, big celebration to close AW Dynamite 200. I need, I need build here, especially with those guys um, going into to all that and everything. So if you want to close with them winning and then getting attacked or some type of build, like just some something that pushes things forward and not just the elite win. Thanks for 200 episodes of Dynamite. 
I, I don't, I'm not a full fan of that when you got two big shows coming up. You got to give me a little bit of build. And if they do the build earlier, that's fine too. Um, but they're, they're, I need something with the elite on this show that gives me a direction of what the hell they're doing at their, at all in. By the way, going back to the 923 uh, joke that we make, that is incredibly accurate. I don't think that this is going to be one of those, as we talked about. Uh, typically, when they do a bigger women's world title match, they try to fit it in the first hour. So I could see that being either the second or third match on the card tonight, and uh, probably in that first hour. Let it be the cross. I mean, I wouldn't mind it hitting the crossover, but I don't think that they're going to unless they set up something massive, which... Who knows? I don't. I don't think they will. Uh, again, Sheeta winning would be a really big deal in terms of setting up for All In. But other than that, I just see it as a, a women's world championship defense. That's it. That's done. Yeah. We got through it. We got through everything. That's the show. There will be other things. We're going to be back on Friday to uh, talk about what happened at Dynamite 200, and we're going to preview SummerSlam. We're looking forward to it. Jeremy Lambert, let's get out of here. Tell the people where you want them to find you and push the stuff. Don't follow me on Twitter. Follow Fight Talk underscore. Um, go stay here on FightfulOverbooked.com. That's that's all. Remember that Monday show. We'll plug the skin on Friday. Uh, remember that Monday show is on YouTube.com slash Fightful. And that's everything. We'll be telling you then and again and again and again. And tell your friends. Leave a thumbs up on the way out. By the way, it would be helpful as all hell. And share the video with your friends. Tell them about it go ahead, post this. Just go click the link and just be like copy and put it on your socials and just be like, these guys are okay or these guys suck. I don't care. It's engagement. Just do the thing, okay? You do care, Joel. Don't I do care. It's true. I read it. Don't, don't act like if somebody says we suck, don't we talk too that. much about don't. McDonald's that you don't care and take it personal. I don't, well, I don't take it personally, but like, why don't we talk about McDonald's more? Should. We should. But you do care. Please don't act like you don't care. I don't care, Jeremy. I'm too busy not caring to care, okay? That's just how it goes. Who needs to care? I am Kanosuke yeah. to Kersha. No, I'm done. Ladies and gentlemen, friends, beyond the binary, I am Agile for G-O-L-P-E-R-L. We'll see you on Friday at 10 a.m. when we go in the weeds. We'll see you then. Cheers. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.